What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we also talk about whatever it is that's meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. What is going on? Benvenuta tutti. Yes, we speak Italian, Sicilian, most likely mostly Sicilian, if anything. I am Pat the Pac-Man, dog behavior and rehabilitation specialist for Pac-Man to the Rescue, Canine Solutions and Coaching. And it's about training people, not training dogs. You heard that correctly. That's what it's about. Not training dogs, not the trick-or-treater, not to the No, 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 no. That's a little Sicilian, by the way, if you're wondering. What was that? That's what I'm talking about. That's why I say it right off the bat. So in case you're wondering, what the hell is he talking about? That's what he's talking about. So we have fun on this platform. We have fun. We have talked about dogs, inspirational stuff. It's all good. Today, it's going to be a really cool one. This episode, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about dog movies. That's right. I picked out three talk dog movies that I recently uh, had the opportunity to watch, and uh, we're going to go into them. I'm going to talk to a little bit about the movie. Um, I'll tell you which titles they are. So if you have not seen them and you want to see them, make sure that you, uh, you know, mute that period of time so that this way it doesn't create any spoilers for you. So, um, you know, I'm going to get into those three movies in a second. And uh, before we kick this off, first and foremost, what do you got to do, guys? Have you subscribed to this podcast? Have you subscribed to the Barking for Balance podcast? If you haven't, guys, what are you waiting for? Hit those subscribe buttons. Wag your tail on over. Slap upon those subscribe buttons. We're on Google, Amazon, Spotify, and Apple. We also make sure I want you to, to follow and like the uh, YouTube channel, Pac-Man to the Rescue, P-A-C-K-M-A-N to the Rescue. On top of all that, you got to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Again, Pac-Man to the Rescue, P-A-C-K-M-A-N. This way, you know everything that we got going on. And on top of it all, you need to get my autobiography. It's my pride and joy. Godspell backwards. It's behind me if you're watching me on, uh, on, on the YouTube channel. Godspell backwards, the autobiography. It's going to be awesome. It's awesome. You got to read it. You're going to be inspired. You're going to have fun. It's about me there's some dog stuff in there but most it's about me it's about it's a really cool book it's awesome i'm proud of it god spelled backwards links are going to be in here make sure you get that so what movies are we going to talk about today hmm. picked out three the first one it's called hachi a dog's tale i should wrote it down so this is why i didn't lose track so i'm reading off of my notes the second one is canine this is an older movie with john belushi and or is it james belushi which one is it i think it's john belushi um, I always forget. I always get confused. Let me let me just see here because I don't want to I don't want to screw it up. You know, I don't want to I want to make sure that I don't uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't screw that up because I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody in particular. And I always get confused between the two, whether it's uh, it's John Belushi or James Belushi. They were brothers. Obviously, one of them passed away. Uh, very, very sad. Um, you know, he obviously passed away a long, a long time ago. But, um, you know, anyway, so the other movie, while I look this up, so this way there's some clarification as to which one it is for my own edification, because clearly I'm confused on that one. I should have looked this up ahead of time. So my bad. I apologize for that. But anyway, I, I didn't want to like go back into, um, you know, what do you call it? Editing. I like this thing to be natural. So all the scripts, you're going to hear them. That's how it works. So and it is James Jim Belushi, by the way. It is Jim Belushi. John Belushi was the one who passed away. So uh, and uh, Jim Belushi is the canine movie. And the third movie is Call of the Wild with uh, Harrison Ford. So let's talk about these movies. Now, I want to talk about the movies, um, obviously, from a, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, from a movie standpoint, from a cute standpoint, all that kind of good stuff, but also a little bit from dog behavior perspective. OK, 
Uh, the first one, which is canine with Jim Belushi. Uh, there's really, I really couldn't find a lot of, 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 and if you guys haven't seen the movie, I'll tell you what it's about again, spoiler alerts here. Uh, so, you know, be prepared, but canine is a, you know, Jim Belushi plays the cop and he needs uh, a police dog to basically solve the case. I'm going to give you a very, very abridged short version of uh, what the, what the, what the purpose of the movies are, but there are going to be some parts where there's going to be some spoiler alerts. So, um, yeah, so he's a cop. He needs a canine dog to help him out with a case. And that's basically the whole thing. The purpose of the, the basic gist of the movie is, you know, it starts off where it's a little, little of a rough relationship. You know, Jim Belushi wants to be the tough one. The dog says, Mavafangulo, gives him the finger. And it's this back and forth that eventually they become great friends and they love each other and blah, 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 blah. You know, Hollywood crap. Anyway, so it's a, it's a really cool movie, though. It's, it's very, very funny from a dog perspective. It's really cool. Jim Belushi is really entertaining. Uh, it's an old movie. I want to say it was done in like the early 90s, maybe in the 80s. But it's a really, really entertaining movie. Really, really fun. Uh, really cool. If you have not seen it, highly recommend it. Get your ass over there. Move it along. Actually, it's made in 1989 to be exact. So awesome movie. Really cool. Funny, entertaining, and uh, really, really, really enjoyed it. So the, the part about the movie, it's a German Shepherd. Okay, so it's a German Shepherd. Obviously, it's a police dog. So we have a German Shepherd, a cool dog. I don't remember his, his name, to be honest, but really doesn't matter. I'm not sure if it was his real name in real life either. Um, so the purpose of the movie, it's, it, you know, the, the parts about the movie that I found interesting and that's cool about it. Uh, and from a dog perspective, we'll get into that first and foremost. Uh, the dog perspective that I remember that was really the only thing that I picked up from this particular movie itself is that when he goes to get him, you know, Jim Belushi is a little unsure. He's never had dogs. He's never been around dogs. So he's not exactly sure how to uh, deal with him. Uh, he's not with some of those wizards that have had dogs my whole life and they think they're, they're, they're the greatest in the world. No, uh, the actual canine handler tells him, you know, you have to assert yourself. You got to show him who's boss, you know, that kind of like extremely dominant type stuff, which again, for the, you know, for the trick or treaters and the, the, the positive people and the positive trainers that are going to be like, no, well, that's not the case. You just have to show them love and give them trick or treats. Yeah. Good luck with that. But um, so, the, you know, it clearly, the, the concept of having a police dog and you, you know you need to show you know who's in control you know you need to have structure for this dog so that this way your dog the dog knows exactly what his job is and who to look for for direction and guidance and all that kind of good stuff and that's really the relationship the way it becomes you know once Jim Belushi kind of like becomes a little more confident all of a sudden he starts to you know the dog starts to kind of like gravitate to him a little bit more and they become more of a partner it becomes more of a partnership and it's really 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 entertaining and fun funny as hell um i'm gonna this is like the first you know installment of talking about dog movies i just picked these three because they were the latest ones that i ended up watching i mean i had seen um a, a canine uh many i've seen canine many times it was on tv ended up watching obviously because it was on and you know i enjoyed it so i've got to watch it um hachi the dog's tail i had never seen before I've heard some stories about it, so I wanted just to get a chance. I finally got a chance to it, so I watched that one. And then A Call of the Wild is uh, is relatively new, and um, you know I wanted to take a look at that one as well. So I had the opportunity to look at that. But we'll talk about you know various movies. So no three, three la volta. You know three is my one of my like one and three are my lucky numbers. So I like to do things in either ones or threes. So that's why I picked three movies at a time. And the next installment of the Pac Man movie whatever we're going to call the segment uh it'll be another another three maybe like turner and hooch or uh you know maybe some old school tv shows like rin tin tin or lassie or you know something like that but uh you know we'll get into those uh, you know as we go along 
but the first three, I just picked these at random. So yeah, so going back to K9, it's funny, you know, there's really not a lot to talk about when it comes to that, because again, there's really, um, it's just funny and fun. It's, you know, there's some silly parts to it. And you know, some absurd stuff to it, but it's, again, it's just for fun and games. Uh, it's a, a very, very tough dog. You know, he rips the mirror off his car. I mean, it's just a lot of just that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? But it's really, really cool. But I did find interesting when it comes to uh, you know, the guy tells him you have to be the boss because, you know, Jim Belushi's you know, afraid he doesn't have the dog's respect. And once he kind of becomes that figure, that calm and firm authoritative, although Jim Belushi really is not more calm, he's more like angry, but you know, in the movie, it kind of works. So, you know, it all works out. Uh, the Call of the Wild, I found very interesting. Now, The Call of the Wild is obviously based on, it's with Harrison Ford. Um, it's based on a TV show, if I'm not mistaken. And The Call of the Wild is, um, the basic premise of it is a dog that kind of ends up running away from home, um, so to speak, and he ends up with all these different adventures, I'll just keep, I don't, I don't want to reveal too much on this, but he pretty much ends up becoming, again, it's based on old, old times. So old times, they were delivering mail on sleds and sleds were being pulled by the dog. So the people that were in charge, basically, this was their job. They had a timeline. They were on a, you know, crunched, you know, tight schedule and they had to be delivering the mail because people were waiting for the mail at a certain time. So they had to be there crossing over these, these freezing mountains and all this cold and all this snow and ice. And it was just crazy shit. Um, you know, all up inside. It should do it. Just going through all these, 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 this wilderness and all this, this snow and ice. And just, it was just wild. I mean, that's why it's called the call of the wild. So, so yeah, so it was basically, um, you know, he ends up on this, you know, this pack of dogs that are pulling the sled with the mail and, um, you know, the one thing that I found that's really, and it's a really, you know, it's a really cool movie. You know, Harrison Ford's plays a part. It's mostly centered around the dog. So as much as like we were talking about canine, which is mostly centered around Jim Belushi and the human side, this was more centered around the dog side, you know? So there's a lot of more dog stuff involved, a lot more dog footage. Um, so there's not a lot of talking, but there's a lot of dog stuff going on, you know? And one part in particular, which I found extremely fascinating, of course, from a professional standpoint, very entertaining movie, fun, you know, heartfelt, not, not like a tearjerker. This wasn't a tearjerker. I mean, there's a couple of sad things, but don't worry. Dog is safe. The dog does not die. Um, you know, everything is fine. There's no issues. No dogs pass away in the movie. But, you know, the guy, the main dog, his name is Buddy, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure what he is. I don't remember what he is. He's like a this big, this big, big mountainy dog. He looks like like a combination of like a Bernese mountain dog and like a St. Bernard. He just, he's, you know, he's got, I don't know if he's like a mutt. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but regardless, he's like a bigger, a bigger dog. So he ends up again, he ends up on this, on this sled team uh, to deliver the mail. And, and, and the leader of the pack of dogs is a Husky and the Husky uh, again, portrayed in the movie is a bit of a dick. <laughs> so he's a little bit of a bully, you know, and he bosses the other dogs around. And because, you know, I think, again, I, I, I forget exactly his name, but I think his name is Buddy. Uh, Buddy is, you know, the star of the movies, the star of, of the thing. He's the newest arrival on the sled team. And because of that, he's getting pushed around by this Husky and he's getting bullied around by this Husky. But all the other dogs are doing the same thing. So toward, as the movie's progressing and, and, you know, you could see that the Husky is like, you know, 
instilling fear on the other dogs. And, and there's one particular scene as Buddy starts to become more confident because he's getting pinned down. And, 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 and Buddy is about three times bigger than the Husky. Just FYI, he's about three times bigger than the Husky. So during the movie, you know, he's getting pushed around. So the other dogs and Buddy's just very submissive and he backs away. But the way the reason why I find that 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 this scene extremely fascinating is because it shows how dogs and just from a human perspective, when you lead with toughness, with macho-ness, with with ego, you're not going to get any respect when you're trying to intimidate and instill fear you're not going to earn any respect. And to me, that's just stupid. Even from a human perspective, when people try to you know, force the dogs to do what they want or teach with the, with the systems that are just very forceful, I think that's just absurd. You know, So in this kind of case, it's a dog that's kind of doing this, which really doesn't happen in the dog world, but they kind of made it, again, it's, it's a Hollywood movie. So obviously they have to humanize it a little bit. So they made this dog a, more, a little bit more of a bully. Um, like a mean bully, like one of those high school, you know, scumbag bully kind of guys. And so to make a long story short, you know, would, and part of one of the scenes is, as Buddy's starting to get becoming a little bit more confident and starting to see how things are going and he doesn't really like how things are going. He decides that he's going to start to take some action. So there's one particular part where um, they stop to get a drink of water. So they're getting some water. And there's a little bit of a hole in the ice because the sled is going all over this ice. So they managed to make a hole. And so one of the dogs managed to make, make a hole. And so they're starting to drink. So the husky comes in and just pushes everybody aside. He just gets everybody. He's growling. I showed his teeth. You know, he shows his teeth and just, you know, backs, makes everybody back away. And so he starts drinking the water while everybody's all, you know, just timidly just backing off of, you know, they're all scared and they're all just backing away, you know. So here comes Buddy and Buddy starts cracking on a different section. He cracks a bigger hole so that this way him and the other dogs have an opportunity to drink. That's leadership. You know what I mean? So he wasn't doing just looking after for himself. He wasn't pushing everybody else around. He was looking to help the pack by being calm and firm. And he was trying to help everybody to, 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 to get this, you know, to get water. So of course, again, the husky's like, ah, give, give far to me. He looks at the, you know, the husky you could tell he's like looking at him and he's like, I don't like this fella. This guy's pissing me off. So in previous parts of the movie, the husky was able to pin Buddy down and to kind of like, you know, push him aside and, and to, you know, even like I said, he's three, three times bigger. He was able to kind of like push him aside and intimidate him. Well, at this point, he's trying to do the same thing. He basically wants Buddy gone, right? So he makes, uh, he goes after him and a fight ensues between the dogs. So this fight ensues. And now Buddy at one point becomes more assertive, becomes more confident, right? But he does it in a very calm fashion, but very strong, you know, where the other one was just trying to be a tough guy, trying to be Mr. Mr. Big Shot, Mr. He felt like a big shot. He didn't like, Buddy was not like that, but he was just calm firm and control confident he knew what the hell he was doing so that's kind of like what the, the fight was happening you know that's kind of like what was happening with this fight where you know the husky was trying to like annihilate and get rid of buddy altogether at one part at one point what happened was and this is typical the reason why i like this part so much is because this is very dog this was a really very dog-like behavior right? Very, very dog-like. Okay. 
So there wasn't a fight where it was a bloodbath. This was a, a fight over dominance. Now, dominance is like a very big word when it comes to the dog world where people look at it and say, you don't want to be dom dominant. It's a bad thing. Now, I partially agree that dominance is a bad thing, but I think I feel I, that I, I, dominance, trying to explain this, dominance is not a bad thing in the animal world. It is a bad thing in the human world because in the human world, that dominance, it's all about ego. Okay. You're being dominant from an ego perspective. And that is a problem. Okay. In the animal world, it has nothing to do with ego. It has to do with leadership, with instincts, with the survival of the pack. And it's got nothing to do with anything else. It's not about being the boss or wanting to be the boss. It's about what's best for everybody. Okay. And if the, 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 the level of dominance that these two dogs displayed is exactly that. So where you have two humans, one that's trying to take over something, you end up, it becomes like a bloodbath. Well, in this particular example, this was not a brawl. Buddy was not trying to hurt the Husky. What Buddy was trying to do was, Buddy was trying to let the Husky know, listen, I don't like your style of being in charge. I don't like your style of leadership. Therefore, I'm going to take over because you're not looking after everybody. You're looking after yourself and that's not acceptable. Okay. So how did he do that? Well, simple. They get into this fight and there's a lot of, you know, rawr, 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 you know, that kind of crazy stuff. And then at one point, Buddy grabs the Husky by the scruff, you know, by the, by the top of the neck area, by, the, by that big patch of skin on the top of the neck and just flips him over, grabs him by that scruff and just flips him over, puts him on his side. Okay. And then takes his paw and puts his paw like by the neck area, not pushing down, just kind of holding it. Right. And you see the husky. And you see this, the scene, which is really cool. You see the husky's head looking. First of all, he's looking directly at Buddy. And now he, you see his head and he's basically trying to get up. But on top of him is Buddy. And he's looking right down on him with this strong, confident, assertive, in control look. And he's trying to get up the husky and he's moving, he's moving, he's moving. Then he as the looks, they lock eyes, they're looking at each other. And then he just stops, goes back down. And basically that was the end of it. So what does that all mean? It means that the Husky surrendered to Buddy. He said, I give up, you win, you're in charge. That was it, right? And then he moved, he got up, he walked away, and that was the end of it. You know what I mean? No blood, no, no, no guts all over the place, no hard feelings, no. No going on Facebook and Instagram and typing some crazy shit. No, none of that. It was peaceful. It was harmony. It was beautiful because that's what ends up happening. And that's why I always tell people is you never want to let your dogs be in control because when you allow your dogs to be in control, they're going to fight it out for position. That's just the life. There has to be an authority figure. That's why if you are not the authority figure that is calm and firm, then they start to figure it out. You know what I mean? They start to figure these things out. When you are not in the right mindset, they don't trust and respect that. And that's just the bottom line. That's why Buddy is such an epitome of what we need to be when it comes to dog owners from a mental standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. He shows that perfectly. He shows that perfectly. So I highly recommend you watch the movie, The Call of the Wild, simply because you need to understand what I'm talking about. That's what's going to help you with your own dog, with your own pack. Okay. It's going to help you understand how you need to be because that's really the key. Something so basic, so simple, so beautiful 
And you think, oh my God, it was so violent. That's what dogs are all about though. That's what dogs understand. Body language and energy is what they understand. So just because there's physical contact going on, it doesn't mean that physical contact is meant to harm. It's not violence. Violence done in anger or frustration, I'm sorry, touching, physical touch done with anger or frustration is violent. But physical touch in the animal world done with calmness and firmness is a form of communication. It's how they communicate. It's what they know. That's how animals communicate. It's common sense. They don't communicate with the treats. Buddy wasn't over there. They weren't negotiating with treats. Sit, stay, say, here's a cookie. Oh, what a good. They weren't doing that crap. You know what I'm saying? This was pure animal instinct. Then you could go back and I'm sure there's going to be, well, well, you know, that was because it's a movie and that's because it's, you know, uh, it, it, it was an old wild. That's not how it is now. La fangulo. That is how it is. Dogs have not evolved from that perspective. That's how they are. They need structure. They need directions, bounds, and limits, but only done in a calm and firm fashion. So all the dog trainings, trick-or-treater idiots, and all the positive reinforcement and the science and all this shit, go watch the dog of the wild. That's how you learn how to do this stuff, all right? Don't get me started on that stuff. Anyway, but I love that because again, it's primal. It's easy. It's dog, dog language. It's right there. Dog language. It's beautiful. I'm telling you, common firm. It's beautiful communication. Anyway. Okay. So that's the second movie. Highly recommend that movie, by the way. It's a really good movie. If you want to watch for entertainment purposes, knock yourself out. You'll definitely be entertained. It's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's a really cool movie. Okay. Number three. Hachi, it's H-A-C, uh, how do I spell it? H-A-C-H-I, a dog's tail. So it's not a dog's tail like T-A-I-L. It's a dog's tail like it's in a story, okay? So Hachi is an Akita. And I'm sorry, yeah, I, I meant to, I, I think I, I talked about that. I'm not exactly sure what the dog in the call of the wild is. It looks like, like I said, like a, like a Bernese mountain dog and a, and a, and a, and a St. Bernard kind of thing. But I'm sure it's, it's some kind of dog. And, you know, I, I, I should have looked it up. But anyway. Actually, you know what? While we're talking, I'm going to try to look it up and see if I could find it. So, um, so Hachi, the, 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 the premise of Hachi, first of all, Hachi, like I said, is, is a dog. He's an Akita. And I didn't know any of this stuff, but as far as uh, I can't, I can't uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. I have to, I have to, I do, do things in different, they're like in stages. Uh, let me write this in. What kind of dog is in okay saint bernard scott shepherd mix there you go perfect i was close i was close bed i'm so freaking good at this but yeah you'll see he's, he's definitely a, a mixed breed uh he's a saint bernard scotch shepherd mix that's what he is <laughs> i'm pretty proud of myself i got i'm telling you he looked saint bernardish he looked very much like a saint bernard but anyway, so so there. I'm glad. I'm glad we looked that up. I'm pretty, pretty. I'm, am I good? So good. Beard. Not only am I a good looking face, but I got great hair. And I know. And okay, let me let me come. Calm down. Stop. Relax, guy. Mother, guy. Mother. Listen, this is what we do on Barking for Balance. We have fun. We have lots of fun here. Anyway, so Hachi, a dog's tail. So uh, Hachi, like I said, is an Akita. The actual movie. This is a this is a true story. The dogs, the Hachi, the dog, Hachi, uh, dog's tail is actually a true story. Now, the actual story, though, is based in Japan, okay? So Hachi was the dog of a Japanese guy. Uh, and the basic, I'll tell you what the movie is about, and then I'll tell you what the, what the actual uh, uh, facts are. But it's basically very, very, uh, at least it seems to be very accurate. It's just not based in Japan. It's based in America. And Richard Gere uh, plays the main, the main character. 
So uh, Richard Gere is a, a music professor. And uh, one day he's coming home from work. He's on at the train station. He takes the train to get to work. I don't remember where exactly he is, it's located, but in, it's, uh, he takes the train to go to work. And uh, on his way back from the train, an Akita puppy was being shipped from Japan to um, somebody. So somehow this dog breaks out of this crate and gets lost inside the train station. So he finds uh, Richard Gere and you know Richard Gere bonds with him. He loves him, blah, 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 blah. To make a long story short, he ends up keeping him. Akita grows up. Now, the pattern was that every time that Richard Gere would leave, the Akita would get a little rambunctious there. It would get a little weird. So he would basically break out and end up either following Richard Gere to the train station or end up at the one point waiting for Richard to get the train station. So after a while of all this back and forth, the Dakai da da Dakai da da, what they ended up doing was they decided to bring the Akita with them, bring Hachi with them. He would walk with them off leash next to him. He would roam around, whatever. And everybody around them knew him. He would stop at the butcher store and he would get meat. He would stop at the at the at the at the coffee shop and he would get like a, a bagel. And everybody would give him food. Everybody knew him in that area. So he would walk him to the train station and then he would wait at the train station for Richard Gear to come back. And then he would jump on him. You know, I, I Dachi, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then they would walk their asses home. And that was basically how it worked. So one day, um, Richard Gear was at work and there's Hachi at the train station waiting for him outside and like normal. But Richard Gear had a heart attack and died. So there's Hachi waiting for him. Now, I, you know, their bond was very close. Now, this movie, I'm not going to lie. This movie is uh, it's really good, but it's a bit of a tearjerker, you know, and uh, it's not just a tearjerker from the human side, but especially from the dog side, too. Now, I'm looking at it, obviously, from an entertainment perspective. I'm looking at it from a human perspective and also from a humanization perspective, human and humanization perspective. But I'm also looking at it from a, from a, from a professional perspective. Now, I obviously don't know the facts. I didn't know about the whole Japan thing until the end when they show the credits right at the end. So I had my own personal opinion about a certain thing from a professional standpoint. But And I'll get to that in a second. But the premise of it is, again, Richard Gere dies. You know, now Hachi is just all screwed up. So he ends up moving in with uh, uh, his daughter, who's married and they have a kid, but he's not happy. So the daughter decides to let him go, right? You know, he wants to run away. He, he's, he runs away all the time. They bring him back. He runs away again. So finally, they say, listen, if you got to go, you got to go. So basically, they let him go. And at some point, Hachi becomes kind of like a stray. Okay. He's living underneath the train. Um, he's eating whatever it is that they're giving him. And the, 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 after Richard Gere passes away, he pretty much just hangs around the train station. So his schedule, so to speak, never changed. You know what I mean? He would go at the train station, wait in his spot every single day in the summertime. Cause you see like the parts when it's snowing, you see the parts when it's, when it's summer, you see like the weather changing, the weird, the years go by and every single day, this is what he does. He goes to the train station, waits, then he's done. He goes back to like his little area where he hangs out and that's the basic life of it. Um, so the real story behind it is again, it's based in Japan. The owner passes away. This was the routine. He would follow him, wait for him at the train station, but then you know, the owner passed away and the dog would still go. It was an Akita as well. Obviously he would go to the train station and he would wait for him every single day until he passed away. That's the basically what ended up happening. 
the, the, the minute facts, I don't know, to make it more of a movie style. I don't exactly know if this is all real. But again, from the from the from the movie perspective, I'm going to get to that first, and then I'm going to get into like the human slash humanization factor, and then I'm going to get into like the professional uh, aspect of it. So yeah, so the movie is that kind of stuff where again he just goes, he waits, and then eventually, you know, he moves on to the afterlife, crosses the rainbow bridge, uh, and you see the evolution of him and how he gets older and he starts to move slower, and you know he's you can tell tell the evolution of it, and. The pe- if you're wondering like who's taking care of this dog, again, based on the movie, it's the people at the train station that are taking care of the dog. Medical, you know, food, water, it's them that are taking care of, of Hachi. This is based on the movie, so I'm assuming it was the same thing in Japan. Um, and they actually have a statue of this dog in Japan in honor of Hachi because uh, he became so famous. Um, I guess some reporters saw it, so they were like writing like all sorts of articles about it, and he became famous. There was like you know, people sending money, you know, like one guy, I think he worked at the train station. He became like an executor for Hachi to take care of like food expenses and medical expenses and whatnot. They didn't show any of those details, but they, you know, they, they talk about that kind of stuff that that's happening, that people are sending money and whatever. Um, so he basically became famous through this, this, this reporter who wrote the, wrote an article and they built a statue in his honor after he passed away. Right. So it's really cool. So from a movie perspective, it's cool. Storyline is great. You know, it's again, it's a true story. So this is not a, no, it was on the facade. Yeah, this is a real thing. So the human humanization factor. Yeah. I mean, you know, from a human perspective, you feel bad for this dog. You know, it's, it's the dog is like in a, in, in such a state of despair, you know, he's so stuck in a rut. He's going through the same thing every single day, even though the owner is not coming. Right. So yeah, from a human standpoint, from a humanization standpoint, you kind of feel that 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 those emotions that this dog is going through his 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 daddy his owner his master whatever you want to call him uh and he treated him well like you know richard gear played with them he hung out with them all he treated him great in real life i don't i'm assuming it's got to be similar because the dog's not going to wait outside for a guy who treats him like shit you know so um you know it just shows like that bond that respect i mean when i watch that movie i'm not again i'm not gonna lie it's a bit of a tearjerker so you know have a box of tissues i sue it the lawyer you're wearing makeup, you're prepared to have it smeared. Um, you know, I was hugged by guys, you know, and we cuddled and, you know, I hugged them more and cuddled with them and talked to them a little bit more than normal. Because again, there's like that human factor to it that really just kicks in that humanization factor where you start to relate to him, you know, you start to see yourself in Hachi dealing with how that whole thing is going and, and how you would be if something like that, like, that's what happened with me. Like I was relating to that. Like, what would I do in those circumstances, you know? And you see like that bond of human and dog when it's done right. You know, when you see that relationship, when you see how dogs are, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It, it's just beautiful. You know, you get a little tear jerky right here. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. bellissimo. So that's the human humanization factor of it. The professional factor of it. And again, I didn't know any of this. So I was formulating my own opinions and I was like, I was cursing at the TV. I'm like, this spitzy merda. Um, because I didn't know that this was, uh, you know, based on its fact that it's a true story, I didn't know that this was coming from the Japan. So I'm sure that they, they changed some stuff around, I'm assuming. Um, but the part that the parts that I was annoyed about from a professional standpoint, here's a dog who clearly has some issues, some anxiety, some, you know, and as much as, yeah, it's great. You know, he's waiting for his owner. The fact that he was allowed to do that, that's not cool because he was basically suffering 
this is my, my opinion on the matter. He was basically suffering for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? He was living with this sadness, with this, with this anxiety, with this fear. He wasn't a happy dog. And you could tell in the movie that that's what's happening. So from a professional standpoint, this should have helped this dog, you know, overcome those because as much as yes, dogs do more. And I truly, you know, I know that for a fact, uh, dogs do mourn. They mourn differently than humans, but they do mourn. They do bond with humans and or other, you know, animals. So they do feel that that absence. They do feel certain emotions such as such. But just like with humans, we need to move past those points. We need to um, not get stuck. You understand? We have to move on. You know, we have to keep them in our hearts, but we have to move forward. And unfortunately, that's a lot of times what people do with dogs that have been like traumatized, uh, you know, through, let's say, legitimate, like, you know, you know, uh, uh, issues or, or abuse issues or whatever. Uh, even if it's not abuse issues, when they're, they're just stuck in like this fear, this anxiety, we let them wallow in that misery. And we even as humans, we can't. We have to help them move forward. We have to help them, you know, move past that. We have to help them grow because otherwise it's, it's a miserable life. You know what I mean? And so when I'm watching this dog and I'm seeing how he is and, you know, he's mopey and he's just waiting for his. Okay, I get it. And that's great from a humanization standpoint, from a human standpoint. Okay, I get it. But now let's help this dog live a happy life. And because that wasn't done, that kind of that kind of bothers me. Again, if I'm looking at it from the the, the professional uh, perspective, that kind of bothered me. Like, why did we not help this dog? Where was I? Why did nobody call the Pac-Man? In Japan, I'll learn how to speak Japanese. I'll help that dog, you know. But, you know, seeing a dog just suffer, being stuck in this rut, it's sad. It was sad. And I think that's part of like the tear jerker thing for me was that nobody helped this dog move on and just live the rest of his house happy, the rest of his life happy. Because believe it or not, he would have if he would have been put in the right position. You know what I mean? If he would have been able to take that mind and just move on from there, that's what dogs do. Believe it or not, that's what dogs do. You know, people don't want to believe that, but it's true. If you allow them to get stuck in something, they're going to get stuck. Okay, so if somebody passes away or just like other dogs that like get surrendered or if owners pass away, they go into a different home, they flourish there because they move on, you know, like even with us, we go get out of a relationship, whatever the reason, and we move on and we flourish. And that's just even if it's under bad circumstances, we still move on. So that was the professional side. But anyway. As a movie as a whole, it was cool. You know, it was a little, you know, it was a little uh, slow, very emotional movie. It's not the kind of movie you want to watch where you want to be entertained. This is the movie that you want to watch if you want to like just cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The bug, yeah, and should it, this is the movie for you. Um, that kind of thing. It's it's but it's still definitely, 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 you know, worthwhile. So that's just my 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 three movies that I wanted to talk about. Again, I'm going to talk about the movie aspect. We're going to talk about, you know, the, the professional aspect. You know, I highly recommend all three, you know, and then we'd love to hear your thoughts if you have seen any of these movies or uh, if you're going to see these movies. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what, uh, what you think about it, your opinions on what you think about them. Again, from a, you know, movie perspective and from a professional, from a dog perspective, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So hit me up with some comments and some questions and we could talk about that further. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the three movies, the first segment of, uh, you know, three dog movies that we're going to talk about in this in this particular podcast episode. So, again, any questions, you guys know where to find me. Guys, listen, it's about training people, not training dogs. That's the mission here. OK, and if you need help, if you're anywhere in the world, if you're all over the place, we have our virtual program that allows us to help 
and to guide you and to give you the support, the knowledge and the tools needed to get the job done. It's 100% effective. You don't have to be sitting in front of somebody to give you those tools. When a person like myself that understands dogs, that knows dogs, they could do it. They don't have to be seeing a dog behave a certain way to know what the problem is, how it's created and how to fix it. And I can teach you what it is that you need to do to earn that trust and respect. This way your dog doesn't do what I want him to do. Your dog is going to respond to you and not just to me. Because I already know what I need to do and how I need to be. You need to do the same thing and be the same way in order to earn that dog's trust and respect. And our virtual program, our virtual platform does that. Okay. So if you need help, if you have problems with your dog, with yourself, I'm here to help guys. I'm the Pat the Pack man. That's what I do. I create packs. Okay. That's what I'm here to do. If you want to talk about career change, if you want to talk about inspirational stuff, if you want to talk about God, whatever you want to talk about, hit me up. We could talk about it. We'll bring you as a guest on the, on, the, on, the, on the Barking for Balance platform and we could have some fun. Okay. It's about training people, not training dogs. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's about. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this episode, this unique episode of Barking for Balance. We're going to have more of these. And uh, like I said, if you have any questions, you want any issue, have any issues, let me know. It's about training people, not training dogs. I am Pat the Pac-Man. Catch you guys next time.